culture. I, I do this for my culture. Black culture and hip hop culture. <laughs> it's Corners of the Culture with D Lo and KC. M E T H O D, man. Welcome in to the latest episode of Corners of the Culture. I'm D Lo. He's KC. Yeah, yeah. We got to turn Don's microphone on. Let's oh, try man. that again. I'm D-Lo. He's KC. Yes, sir. Dope. Yeah. One, two, one, two. We in here, man. We'll, we'll get it right one day, man. We'll get it right <laughs> one day. Uh, we appreciate you so much for being here, whether you're watching on YouTube.com slash ESPN 1320 uh, or you're listening on the podcast. We hope by now you've subscribed. We hope that you're sharing this podcast uh, with your friends. We hope that you've rated it. If you think that we're worth it, we hope you give us a five-star review uh, as well, particularly over there on Apple podcast. Cause, uh, that's how this podcast, uh, grows. Um, I feel like this show has to start with a disclaimer. I worked like the last week on this episode. I've actually been excited about this episode for a while. Yeah. And I kind of knew what we were going to do here with the story. So the disclaimer out the gate has to be, this isn't a Wu-Tang clan episode. Mm, yes. It can't be. It can't be. Because Wu-Tang is not a singular episode. Right. There's like the formation of the Wu-Tang Clan, the explosion of the Wu-Tang Clan, and then the Wu-Tang Forever. Absolutely. Like I I I I think if we were to 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 hit Wu-Tang, we'd probably have to do it in those those three different parts. Yeah. But this is this episode centers on how integral uh Wu-Tang was to the hip hop fashion market. Yeah. And this episode, as much as it is about Wu wearing about um uh, the the launch of of that product, it's it's really about fashion and hip hop. Streetwear. Because I don't think you could tell the story of Wu wear without talking about what fashion was in hip hop. And obviously with the dope ones here in 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 and the way that we are like fashion is a is, it's a, it's a big part of our lives. Absolutely. It's a big part of what we do for Don. It is his life. Like mm-hmm. fashion is mm-hmm. his life. hundred percent. And so much of it is centered around hip hop. A hundred percent. And prior to woo wear hip hop fashion was like Kangos and Adidas and track suits and, and, and certain glasses. And then as we, you know, as we kind of got out of the 80s into the 90s, like Mecca was born. And then it was what hip hop artists, you know, what what brand would hip hop artists gravitate to, be it Carl Kanai or Timberland. Uh, then we saw the emergence of FUBU and Mecca and Nietzsche and Pele, Pele and all of these different things. But Wu-Wear was different yeah. because Wu-Wear was, to the best of my knowledge, the first artist inspired clothing line absolutely absolutely and it you could make the argument that what Wu wear is what opened up the floodgates for you know what we eventually saw from jay-z and reebok uh i think 50 might have been with reebok too you mm-hmm. saw you mm-hmm. saw you saw big name artists merging their names with big companies mm-hmm. to the point where once they got done with those big companies they formed their own mm-hmm. rock aware sean john and 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 so on and so on. But for me, Donnie, it starts with Wu Wear. Yeah, yeah. So I, I I love that you framed it in that light, Damien, because Wu Wear is kind of the unsung hero of artist-driven brands. You know, without a Wu Wear, you know, there's no marathon. Mm-hmm. There's no, you know, 
There's no Sean John. There's right. no artist-driven streetwear brand that isn't some sort of, you know, endorsement or some partnership with an existing brand. It's like WooWear showed the culture that we could take this into our own hands. Yeah. But let me just go back for a minute because much like Damien and Kenny, I'm sure you too, I was really, you know, excited about this episode mm -hmm. because, you know, we're, we're in this thing, you know, yeah. we've been doing this, you know, but if I got to go back, I got to do, I got to do the knowledge. I got to do the history and I'm going to take it all the way back to Dapper Dan, yeah. take it all the way back to Harlem yeah. in the early eighties. And I take it to Dapper Dan because for a black owned fashion entity, even a small shop in Harlem, that to me is the jump off point for ownership in our culture. Like Dapper Dan, you know, for those that don't know was, you know, he was, he was the hood fashion house and he was taking all of the, you know, high end brands, the Louis, the Gucci's, you know, and, and, and creating what rappers wanted to wear that they weren't even making at the time. Mm -hmm. They weren't making the bomber jackets with the, you know, Louis MCM print, joints, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. The MCM joints, the Mike Tyson custom joints, Bobby Brown, Rakim, the hustlers, the street guys like Dapper Dan was doing it. And from there, I feel like his his overall influence, because it was, you know, being being shown and promoted through through different rappers, through different, you know, guys in the in the in the culture who were blowing him up, but it was our fashion, right? Mm -hmm. It was our thing. So I gotta start, you know, at Dapper Dan. And then, you know, moving forward, we really didn't see, you know, anything really jump off until cross colors. Mm -hmm. And I gotta that started out here. That started that started in LA. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe Carl Jones was his name and cross colors was like the first um, that was the first hip hop like centric brand black owned mm -hmm. and for the culture TLC, mm -hmm. you know, Snoop, you know, you name it at the time they were rocking cross colors, but it's just it, the, the history is so interesting. And there's a lot of people in between from Dapper Dan to cross colors, but I feel like those two, were like instrumental as far as pioneering, you know, hip hop fashion and streetwear. Yeah, Dapper Dan, that's the that's the first person I that I mean I wasn't alive, but I'm saying that's the first person I ever heard of. Um what he was doing in Harlem, putting all those designer labels, yeah, like you said, on streetwear and having people go crazy about it. Mm -hmm. That was the first when I was like kind of doing my research and looking back, that was the first guy that I could come up with. Forgot about cross colors. That's a hell of a call by you. But both of you guys, like until Wu Wear, it felt like it almost felt like fashion wasn't a thing in hip hop. Like they just maybe it's because of the 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 videos where we say, but they come out with some random plain navy navy hoodie with some some big jeans and some and some boots. Yeah. It wasn't like it wasn't like, yo, I'm about to look fly. Like, but, look at the videos from back then. Like, even nothing yeah. but a G thing on it. You got your Dickies, you got your, your Chucks and stuff. But it wasn't like what we were. Like, yo, I've got this fit. Like, I'm in this video, I got this fit. If it was, it might have been some Dapper Dan type stuff. Mm -hmm. But really, it was just like, just kind of throwing anything on it. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? It yeah. wasn't like this big 
It wasn't I disagree, though. Like, I, I know exactly what you what you mean. I just disagree. I think that was uh, so much of what we saw was catered to the street at the time. And that was street fashion. Mm. It. You know, we don't look at it the same now because of the emergence of all those different labels. But you talk about, you know, the boots, the big jeans, the hoodie. That's what it was yeah. in New York. You mm. talk about the Dickies. You talk about what Snoop was wearing in the uh, in, in, the, in the nothing but a G thing video. Uh, even what 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 Dre was wearing Dickies. That was. That was L.A. That was West Coast. Like, that's what they were. That's what they were rocking. It was indicative of the streets. Again, it's not what we see fashion as now. But in the moment, that's that's what it was. It was it was the equivalent of the Adidas tracksuit. That's what it was, in my opinion. Yeah, Uh, I I think I think we should because you you both brought up Dapper Dan. It's probably important that we at least touch on what fashion meant to the black community in general right and how fashion has become such a um such a staple in the black community for so long Hmm. and some would argue it dates back to the phrasing sunday best that no matter what you were where you were or who you worked for you you got dressed up on Sundays. You put your best clothes on because it's when you felt your best and you went to church. Mm-hmm. And that was that to me was like the birth of where dressing up. That was the birth of where fashion in the black community kind of rooted itself. Mm-hmm. And it's like we feel our best when we're dressed up. Well, I'm going to feel my best every day. Facts. You know, the stories of there's I was preparing for this. Listen to the to the the great stories. And we're going to get to Oliver Grant in a minute. How Oliver Grant was always into he was always into like fashion and everything like he 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 went to that school in New York that Jay-Z went to and that 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 Biggie ultimately went to. And those those Busta Rhymes. Yeah. Yeah. Busta Rhymes was a fashion dude. Right. And and those guys were. It was a every day. It was a flex. Mm-hmm. Like when they showed up, it was like, yo, what's, you know, we know what's Oliver rocking. I think mm-hmm. it was Pook at the time. What's Pook rock, rocking? What's Buster's name? Travis. What's, I don't remember what Buster's name. Trevor. Yeah. What's, what's Trev wearing? Like it, every day it was like, what are those guys wearing? And it became, it, it just continuously became Monday through Friday at school, a show of what these dudes had on. And this was in New York. I know the same thing is true for Los Angeles. The same thing is true uh, for 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 black kids everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but it feels like fashion has always been an integral part of black culture, even without the hip hop part of it. Mm-hmm. Black culture, hip hop took that trait and birthed it into something even greater absolutely and i think I, I love that you went back to sunday's best and you know church fashion uh and how it so like I, just a timeline of black culture with fashion as it relates to expression right mm-hmm. self-expression and especially expression coming from an under uh, underprivileged place in society mm-hmm. right where status is everything what you got on determines, you know, your income, so on and so mm-hmm. forth, right? So we come from nothing historically, but we know that we 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 we're still kings and queens, right? right? And we know that the trends start 
in our communities. Mm -hmm. So we might not have a dollar in our pocket, but we're going to get fresh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. We are going to get fresh. Kanye's quoted as saying, you know, the reason why I'm rich is to get fresh. You know, kid from Kid and Play, who, by the way, was one of the first and underrated unsung heroes of fashion, too, because play, I mean, kid from Kid and Play had a clothing line. Apparently, it was called Foreplay, and it was a denim. I missed line. that, yeah. Okay. But it was a very short-lived denim line. Mm. But he even had a brick and mortar store. I had no idea. I never heard of this before. But I did a really deep dive in this. Yeah. But anyway, I'm, 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 I'm getting off track. The point is, yeah. Now that's not off track. That's wild. You yeah. tuning in to learn something? Yeah, I think yeah, I just yeah. learned something. Yeah. I didn't know, kid. I know, Look I it up. I didn't it's know called that. Foreplay, and the way he spelled it, it was like the number four and P L A I mm. Foreplay. Yeah, you know he, he didn't want to play. He didn't want to play royalties. <laughs> <laughs> Look, that's the uh, that was the name of the car. Well, that was the license. Foreplay, yeah, that's four right. Yep, yep, you yep. sold foreplay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but no, but like the fashion just it defined us, and then you know again got to go to the timeline. So between Dapper Dan and Cross Colors. And then eventually Carl Kanai, there was a time period like, you know, you mentioned the Kangos, right? You mentioned sort of the street fashion, like sort of the plain Jane, like, you know, rugged look. Mm -hmm. But that definitely was like a staple, you know, in the mm -hmm. evolution mm -hmm. of it. You know, even the, the the run DMCs, you know what I'm saying? Like they're just plain black with the leather, right. with the with the hat and the Adidas. NWA had that too. Yeah. You know, NWA, black, exactly. White, white shoes, exactly. And so... You know, the evolution of it is so it's so parallel to the evolution of of hip hop. Like, oh, man, what was it? Was it Airbrush Kings? Like, remember when the Airbrush T with the jeans, mm -hmm. had the name, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That was huge at one Bell point. Bell Biv DeVoe did Bell that. Bell yeah. LL Cool J, yeah. Bobby Brown, they all had the, the Airbrush thing. So I just love seeing the evolution. But when you talk about Okay, it's our culture, and we're wearing all these brands, and there are people coming into our culture who may not necessarily be in the industry. They may not necessarily be an artist, but you know, they might be a, a black designer like a Carl Jones who created Cross Colors, who was in LA, came to New York, saw the fashion. Got to give another nod to Spike Forty Acres because mm. Spike had Spike Store. From 1990, I think he yeah. opened it, and he was marketing all of his films through merch. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And so that too, kind of, you could put that in 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 the conversation, right? But the Carl Jones who created who created Cross Colors then put on a young Carl Kanai, mm. who at the time his name was Carl Williams, and we gotta give gotta give credit to Carl yeah, Kanai. Absolutely. When you think about the early to mm -hmm. mid 90s hip hop fashion, Carl Kanai was everywhere. That Curse of Logo. Yeah, man. That, that was the Curse of Logo, logo before Sean John. Yes, yeah. sir. Iconic. And remember the the, the 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 gold emblem in the middle, the mm -hmm. sewed on yeah. gold mm -hmm. joint? Yeah. Carl yeah. Kanai was a pioneer and was so dope. This I did not know. I thought his birth name was Carl Kanai, but it's not. He was born Carl Williams, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. And he said throughout his journey to creating this this brand, he was like asking himself, could he do something? So he looked in the mirror and say, yo, Carl, can I be 
mm. you know, a, a, a mm. fashion mogul? Can I design clothes for hip hop? Can I do this? Can I do that? That's amazing. Carl, can I? That's amazing. Carl, can I? I was wow. like, wow, you know, mm-hmm. something else I learned. That's like, amazing. you know what I mean? So yeah. he's a, he's another one. And I'm going to get to Wu Wear in a second, but I just got to, I got to go through the timeline. Yeah. But Wu, the Wu story is important. But I just, I just, I just love the evolution of it. Well, and, and you mentioned, both of you guys mentioned it really, but like what, what started to happen, in my opinion, was we started to understand our power and our influence in the in the hip hop culture. We would wear these things. Mm-hmm. We wear anything in a video or a mm-hmm. photo shoot, and it would go crazy on the streets. And yeah, can I give you an example before you keep going? Yeah, which yeah. I think was a big catalyst to 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 things changing was Timberland. Yeah, Timberland. Absolutely. Timberland's was Timberland's was in every absolutely. New York video. Yeah. Vibe went to Timberlands and said, Hey, you know, we, 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 you, you've got a buzz here. You know, we want to do some advertising with you. Do you have some samples, some stuff we, we can review, share with our editors? And they were like, nah, yeah. nah, we don't want to do that. And then I think they eventually issued a statement that said something along the lines of, and I'm paraphrasing, but it's, you'll get the gist of it, it was something along the lines of uh, our target audience remains good hard-working americans yeah, right and yeah. then it became fuck that yeah. yeah and they and they moved on but that's an example of the stuff that you're talking about where right. you're wearing stuff in videos you're wearing stuff out there the the, 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 the hip-hop culture is wearing stuff in videos that's getting out there in the streets it's having an influence same thing happened with tommy hilfiger but tommy hilfiger was smart he was like <laughs> Sure, y'all want some samples for right here. Right to the hood. Here's ten thousand. Run yep. some ads and vibe all year yep. long. Like I yep. got you. Yep. Yeah, I, no, absolutely. It, so I say all that to say, we understood the influence. We understood uh, the impact, uh, or these artists did uh, that, that the culture would have on all this stuff. And you guys tell me if I'm wrong, but that's when Wu Tang was like, "We making all these other people rich." Let's do this shit ourselves. 100%. So, so, so that's. I think that's a perfect segue into kind of laying out a timeline here for those who aren't familiar with it. We'll wear launched in '95, and the way that it launched is we keep talking about uh, Oliver Grant Power. So when you go back and you look at kind of the formation of the Wu Tang Clan, it started with RZA, Divine, and Power. That was the crew that it started oh, with. The dirty Power was the guy. <laughs> Power was the guy who who really helped the whole thing get off because yeah. he had some money in his pocket. Sure. He was like, "Yo, he made it his mission." He was a really forward thinking guy. He is the very definition of an entrepreneur. But as the Wu Tang Clan formed with guys like Method Man and Ghostface, all these different guys, he's like, "Well, I can't rap. I can't produce, but." Let 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 me be in charge of the brand. Like I can I can I can help figure this out. I can help moving forward. And Loud put him in charge. Loud Records put him in charge of the budget for their first video, which I think was Protect Your Neck. He put him uh, in charge of the clothing budget. Mm-hmm. So he was like, "All right, cool. They gave me all this money for the closing budget. Here's what I'm gonna go do. I'm gonna go buy all of these, you know, different T-shirts." I got a guy who owns a silk screen shop. I'm gonna pay him a hundred dollars. Go in there after hours press the shirts myself and all of a sudden one we got this extra money from the budget two we took this this logo that was drawn by i think it was riz's homie mathematics Mathematics. he drew the logo they that's what they that's that's the w it was for uh one of the 12 inches they put it out they silk screened it it went into the protecting neck and all of a sudden that w became the hottest hottest thing in the new york streets with 
the hottest group uh, in the New York streets. And when the video blew up and 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 uh, enter the woo blew up, power started looking at it like almost what you just said, Kenny. Almost verbatim what you just said. Mm. He's looking at it like, man, we we we've got we've got a million fans out here. Power was looking at it like, nah, we got a million customers exactly. out here. Mm-hmm. We're gonna figure out everyone wants to rock this woo stuff. So once the, you know, once they got through the budget that 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 loud set aside for the protect your neck video, he started investing his, in, in, in his own money. And Casey, stop me if this sounds familiar. Half of the half of what he printed, he sold. The other half he gave away. Because mm. he wanted the logo out there on the streets. Right. He wanted everybody wa- rocking woo wear. Right. So if you ever wonder where our model for DLO and KC.com from, came from, yeah. now you know. Yeah. It came from power. That's why we were giving away so much merchandise in the first year of this store's existence. Yeah. We wanted that logo that, 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 that Don and Dave Garcia created. We wanted all that stuff out in the streets. And when, when, when power started doing the math, like we've got a million customers. Man, if we could get 10,000 of them to drop $20 on a shirt, mm. oh man, we could we could really make some money here. Right. Definitely. Right. And obviously it was far more than 10,000 and then I think from I think it was 97 they opened the first store. Right. And no, that's 95. It was 95. They opened the first store. Yeah. Okay. The first yeah. store opened in Standard yeah. Island. I thought it was 97, 95. Yeah. They opened the first store. And obviously it, it, it just, it kind of, it kind of grew from there and we can get into the story of how they, you know, got to Macy's and with that, I think, I think that, that parent group is called the, the Federated where it's Macy's and I think Bloomingdale's is the biggest, you know, department chains in the country, how they got in there. Um, and eventually they did a, they got a display on the flagship store in New York. Mm-hmm. 34th Street mm-hmm. had a big woo wear display mm-hmm. back in the mid 90s because it was the hottest thing in the, the biggest city thing. in America. In their height, at the height of woo wear, I believe they were doing 25 million a year. Mm-hmm. But I love that you laid out the story of, you know, Power's genius behind marketing that because that was something that yeah rappers at the time just weren't thinking about that Mm -hmm. they weren't thinking about how much power they actually harnessed like Mm -hmm. what you were saying kenny all these brands that they were promoting all these brands they were doing free promotion for Mm -hmm. timbaland Mm -hmm. polo they didn't even have a partnership they didn't have no partnerships no nothing and then and that's across the board that's every product you know hip-hop has ever gotten behind in the beginning you know it was just free promotion for these brands so once somebody like power who who had the the foresight and the presence of mind to say okay i'm gonna use our influence to enrich us mm-hmm. that gets sticky too but the idea the, the 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 seed that was planted when he did that it can't be overstated it, it's so woo wear is so underrated in a sense that you know rappers could have been big could have did that pot with the right people if, just imagine if Pac and Big had their own brands, and mm. Big did start a brand, mm-hmm. Brooklyn Mint, I believe, mm-hmm. but it never took off. Right. You know, it was almost like yeah, because it was almost started after. What wasn't it started after he died? No, it or like right it was started right died. before he died, right but never died. really launched. Never really, never really launched. But I, to push it. I'll yeah. say it was the precursor to 
Sean John in a way, right? But just imagine if you know guys of that influence and stature had a had a had a had a brand, right? But it does take the right people and it does take the right branding. So Damon, you mentioned that Wu W. That Wu Tang W, just speaking as a graphic designer, that W is as iconic a logo now as yeah. the Jumpman logo, yeah. as the Apple logo, yeah. as the McDonald's logo. That Wu W is a piece of graphic design history. Absolutely. So they centered the whole brand around that logo and the possibilities were just endless. And the promotion through every video, through every album. You mentioned it. I forgot when, but you reminded me that, yeah, before the flagship store, which opened on on, on Victory Road in, in Staten Island, you could only get Wu Wear through mailing mm-hmm. cards that came with the albums mm-hmm. and you, you did the check off what you wanted your size and all that and mail in mm-hmm. with the check first album that got the extra uh real estate was uh ghostface killer supreme clientele right no Iron uh Man. the purple tape the uh that's that's uh, that's what that's raekwon, raekwon yeah. got it yeah yeah raekwon Only got it it was raekwon yeah it was raekwon that got it it was the purple tape yeah okay. raekwon got that's it. dope yeah i couldn't think of which one had it but i know i remember seeing them them cards and you roll them hour. things out and yeah. you had to you you had to check what yeah. you want check your size send it in and 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 it would just go to this P.O. box and power will pull it was it was power that would do it. It was Oliver Grant that would do it. We'll pull it out. There'd be money stuffed in there and he'd send the shirt back. Yeah. Genius. Genius. So, and then this it, it was you should you know, you talk about the store and all that. It did go from silk screen to embroidery, mm-hmm. from t-shirts. Mm-hmm. And instead of going, you know, t-shirts to hoodies to to they went t-shirts to hockey jerseys. Right. I remember well, black, that, I remember the black hockey And that's jerseys. that's that's another thing I was gonna say. About hockey sweaters, I don't know what they're called. Hockey (laughs) sweaters that was, um, I guess maybe you can call revolutionary. At least to me, like I said, you guys tell me if I'm wrong, but they started to bring bring into the game more than, like I mentioned, just the navy or black champion hoodie. Right? They brought colors. It was orange, yellow, Mm -hmm. you know, different styles of shirts or whatever. And I, I, I just remember. They were the the first ones to, I don't want to say look clean because that's that's a little you know, a bit of indictment on the way people dressed at that time. I don't want to mean it like that, but it was just they had the um, the long sleeve with the collar, yeah, and the three buttons, it had you know a flair to yeah, it, yeah, like it was it was something that uh, you could they they started to make stuff that you could go out on a date in, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Like if you if you're going into Manhattan, oh let me throw on my my we wear a polo, yeah. long sleek polo, you know, and it's it seemed like that was like the first of its kind at that time yeah. in hip hop. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was the first of its kind in terms of an artist driven brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, but there's a dark side to that, too, that I found out recently. Hmm. According to Raekwon, at the inception of Wu Wear, because. You mentioned Divine. Mm-hmm. So for those that don't know, Divine is Riz's brother. Mm-hmm. And he also, like Power, was someone behind the scenes. He wasn't a rapper. He wasn't a producer. He wasn't an artist. But he was one of the money guys. He was one of the the, 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 the brains behind the brand. Mm-hmm. So everything sort of filtered through Divine. And so when Power came to Divine about Wu Wear, it's like, okay, 
I got some money to put in, but we're making money. This is off the success of Dirty Six Chambers, you know, mentioned protecting that cream. Basically, every member of the clan put up like 40 grand to start the flagship store. Hmm. According to Raekwon, like I mentioned, at the height of Wu's success, 25 million, according to Raekwon, they've never seen a return on that investment. Hmm. So that's where business can go bad, especially amongst brothers, and especially when you have that many individuals in you know, in in, in, in in the operation. So, you know, I say all that to say that's the reason why Wu-Wear didn't extend beyond the 90s. Like, mm-hmm. I, you could you could buy it now, but right. it's like licensed now. Right. Like, that Wu logo is everywhere. You right. can buy the, a Wu-Tang shirt out yeah. in Target. It's like Muhammad yeah. Ali. Exactly. Everybody got the rights to put Muhammad Ali's exactly. picture on their right. clothes. Exactly. The, the, the actual logo. Not a knock on anyone like, that does, by the way. I'm just no. saying it's not a hard image right. to get anymore. The, right. The actual logo you can get anywhere. Yeah. The actual Wu-Wear, I don't know if you can it, get that anywhere. They licensed Wu Wear, I believe. It's like yeah. Wu Wu. I think it's called Wu Legacy. Yeah, is that what it's called now? Something, Wu Legacy, something, something. But it's a watered down version of what could have been. They could still own the rights to that and still be doing, you know, exclusive drops. Just so, with the way merch has gone. So let me ask. Let me ask you guys this: Like, why? Nope, there it is. There's the clip. Every clip that you cut of Kenny <laughs> starts with. Let me, let me ask, ask you a question. question. <laughs> Podcast ain't started. Podcast ain't until started Kenny until Kenny says, let me ask you a question. <laughs> why um, Why do they all go that way? So Why do they all go that way? I think, I think the only one, the, to me, the only one that's really survived, and that took a number of different turns and kind of come back a little bit, is Sean John. Yeah. I, I think they're I think it's all different. Go ahead. I was gonna get to Sean John. So what I was gonna say was too. So Wu Wear, let's say, let's just say Wu Wear opened the floodgates for the idea of artists to create their own brand. So we can't skip Fubu. Fubu's a mm-hmm. huge mm-hmm. staple at a certain point. Absolutely. Right. And you know, with Damon John and, and those guys did. You know, it was great. You mentioned Mecca. You mentioned the Nietzsche. So before you leave Fubu, you mentioned okay. uh, what 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 Wu Wear was bringing in. Do you know what 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 Fubu was bringing like in at its height? Three hundred million. Isn't that crazy. Yeah, I didn't know they had a partner either. I didn't either. They're like a corporate partner. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. They know were that. doing so. They were doing so much merch. They put a. They were. They put a. They put an ad out, and I don't remember if it was the New York Times or what it was, but they said we're looking for an investor. Okay. And Samsung got in on it. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. Yeah. Samsung got in on it. And yeah, at their peak, which was mid 90s, maybe smidge bit earlier. Yeah, it was, it no, was, no, it was no, 300. No. Fubu's peak? Fubu, Fubu like started to peak like. Oh, 2000. Yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah, yeah, 2000. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They also got. Um, that's when the Fubu album came out with Fatty Girl exactly. and yeah, well, I, that's, the Red Hat. That's, exactly. That's the, the other thing about that is um, the they. Uh, they, well, act like you don't remember the oh, Fubu album. The Lights, Fubu camera, album. action. Well, that's, that's, why oh, yeah. that's why I'm laughing because I love that album. You guys tell me if they if he had anything to do with it financially, but I mean they got they were already doing numbers. Yeah, but when they got the LL cosign, when LL when it looked like <laughs> LL, it looked like it was his brand. Yeah, for a second. Yeah, and when they got that. Yeah. Bro, the, the most genius thing. Yeah, you know go ahead. Said? Go now. Go ahead. Boss, boss. Yes, the Gap ad. <laughs> How genius was that? 
Which like, Gap didn't know what that had was. Had no idea. They had no idea what it no was. No idea. For them to sneak yeah. a fool hat on and for him to say Forrest Bias on the low in the and, Gap ad. And Gap, when they, they didn't figure it out till the ad was on the air. Yeah. And they popped for it because they got they got some street rub out of it. Yeah. They're like, oh, Gap's with us. Right. <laughs> and all of a sudden, Gap like Gap became cool because yeah. of the LL thing, but it exposed. It exposed food. I thought for the longest, I thought it was LL's company. Like, yeah. I, I, Did he I have thought, nothing to do with it? No. no. So apparently, no. He was just, you know, he, he, they, Damon's from Queens, Damon John's from Queens. Mm. He ran into LL, different circles. He would give him clothes. Like we mm. say, you know, that guerrilla marketing, giving mm. away free clothes. He was giving him clothes. And LL, he's always been like, well, I'm not gonna say always, but since the, his since his career, he's been fashion forward. Yeah, I was about to say, say. You know what I'm saying? Kind he's of been, ahead of he's been fashion. He sets forward. the trends a little bit. Yeah. For a time, he definitely did. Yeah. And I would say it sort of peaked with Fubu mm -hmm. because yeah, I definitely thought it was a straight up LL Cool J brand. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? And at that time, LL was on the on top of the world. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, what was that? Hey that was lover. Hey Lover, mm -hmm. uh uh doing it. Lounging. Yeah, lounging. My God, that was my favorite LL song. Yeah, that he was a, he was at the height of his career that summer when that when that ad Mr. dropped. So Mr. Smith. So yeah, like Fubu is 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 because their grind too, like. Damon John talks about how when they were first, you know, starting a brand, he sold like all his furniture in his house and like sold off everything and made space for them to get industrial machines in his living room mm. and then hired women seamstresses to come in mm. and make the shirts. And they have to sleep in sleeping bags kind of thing. But they yeah. really put in the work, which yielded that 300 million a year. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Benchmark that they hit. But. I feel like I'm long-winded in this. Well, why do you so why do you think Fubu dipped? That's what I was gonna say. I was gonna say that because at a certain point when platinum Fubu hit, mm. it just got it just got out of hand. That because was platinum Fubu after Fat Albert Fubu. That and, was that know. was platinum Fubu was Damn, Fat Albert. Damien, you'll get this. You might too. It started to be the NWO. Mm. Yeah, the too, NWO, too many members. Back, NWO, this, and it got away from just the, the three NWO. guys. Like, yeah, they would have just kept making the oh fives bro it got out of hand bro it yeah. just got out of hand the shiny the shiny jeans era is when it all <laughs> oh went left. the shiny jeans <laughs> the shiny jeans the era shiny it's too boy, hair if, you, if you ain't lived through that boy i don't know what to tell you hey, you had to be there <laughs> you wasn't outside jeans, you man. wasn't outside with the shiny <laughs> jeans Whoa. you know what i'm saying Man, when 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 goddamn uh uh country grandma hit the Nelly video, mm -hmm. that was that was like the beginning of the end. No disrespect to Nelly because yeah. that was a hit, but that was when all of these everybody had a clothing when line. You Outcast, get... Snoop, Nas, everybody had a damn clothing man. Line. You if you will understand, you know, being broke but still wanting to still wanting that moment and going into Marshalls, <laughs> get that and, boo -boo. and get and get that. <laughs> Get, get that slightly one leg longer than the other Man, that had Fat Albert on it. Not all Albert. the other characters, right. but you landed the Fat Albert yeah. joint size forty yeah, by forty. You know, man, get you. that, get that size forty joint. I got a size thirty two. Size, you know? size 40, forty by 40. forty. I'm gonna get this belt. 
And I'm gonna be up twice. Cause ain't, ain't, ain't no way, ain't no way I'm oh. passing up the fat Albert joints. Dude, my closet oh, at one point man. was all Fubu, all fat Albert, all the 05 jerseys. Like I was, and then they came the Sean John. They got the city. They had the cities too. The cities. Right? I had the cities. Yeah. Come on. See, man. and let, let, let's let's be clear. Fubu is still a black-owned business. Fubu still out there. Yeah, it is. You had a bit of a renaissance. The, uh, the, yeah. Lately, they the original, recently, the original Fubu logo still works. Mm -hmm. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing dated with it. You can't wear shiny jeans. Probably shouldn't rock something without Albert on it for a variety of different reasons. Right. But hey, hey, go, hey. go. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that Fubu logo Absolutely today. That not. Fubu logo rocks just like the Sean John Cursive one rocks. Yeah, yeah I love yeah. Fubu, and I love, I love what they did with the culture mainly because it's black owned mainly mm -hmm. because it wasn't somebody from outside our culture mm -hmm. mainly because they had they they were aligned with you know ll and you know did hip-hop you know albums you know what i'm saying it but was for us by us and i love yeah. i just i always that's that was what had me hooked just the the meaning behind mm -hmm. the name you know what mm -hmm. i'm saying but it just got out of hand it yeah. got oversaturated and when the oversaturation happens everything usually crumbles yeah. you know because everybody you can think of fucking eminem had shady brand mm -hmm. and you know that was just a cash grab <laughs> right. yeah. you know what i mean it was yeah. no it was no it was no real incentive beyond just capitalizing on this moment mm -hmm. right but i the, think the two most go ahead no, i was gonna say i was just gonna say and then you said sean john after fubu but i thought sean john was a little before fubu Nah, Sean, nah, John, came Sean out John was after. Fubu. Fubu actually came out. Well, when you talk late nineties, ninety six. Yeah, when I you, think when they you, dropped. I, when you talk about the heights, like, right? I, I was. I, I thought you were referencing like the height of Fubu, and then after the height of Fubu, was oh Sean yeah, John. no. Like, During the Sean height of like what ninety seven, ninety eight. Well, yeah. no, yeah. I right it out after here, Big died. Right I remember. After I remember. Big I was at get a cool. I brought it out here. It was ninety nine. Sean John dropped in 99. Lying to the people. Listening to this <laughs> Sean John to the West Coast. All right, I know, I know you're famous for that, Kenny. I know, I know. But I think Sean John dropped in 99. And so, okay, we got to talk about Sean John too. Because what Diddy did with Sean John was he brought high fashion. He hired, like, he had people, space. yeah, like he, he suits. He hired people know, to do it. Yeah. He really, and then he won the fashion award. Yeah, he was the first one to do it. Yeah, so salute to Diddy because Sean's. Oh my god! You know who tried rocks? to do it first, and I don't even think we've mentioned this brand yet. He just didn't do it as well, which I feel like this dude drops the ball on a lot of business ventures. I know you want to say Baby Fat. Yeah, Fat, fat farm, farm. Fat Farm. Russell yeah. Simmons. Totally forgot. I mean, yeah. I didn't forget, but yeah, that's what Russell Simmons was trying to do. Absolutely. He, the problem is. He went like way overboard yeah. and wound up like going. He just wound up spending so much money trying to make the man great brand brand great. The, the brand wasn't profitable. Yeah. Like he killed it because he put too much into it. Yeah. And it and it and it it really it died before it really got to start. Yeah. Sean, Sean, John, you know, Sean Combs, did he? He he was more he was more meticulous with how he wanted this brand to be run and it wasn't throw money, throw money, throw money, throw money. It was like, how can we get the most out of what we got here? And that's, you know, he brought in people and Absolutely. that's how he like we'll wear, got the deal with, 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 with Macy's, Macy's. with the, with, with the Federate and, yeah. and, 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 you know, and got it into all those stores. Did, at least that's how I feel. But what helped him was he wasn't afraid to, to put the price point at where 
where it needed uh, to be. Uh, polo was or right. where, you know, whatever, whatever other high fashion uh, label was. He's right. like, oh, Sean John suit? Yes. It's $300. Yeah. Or whatever. Like, it's not, you Sean John uh, graphic tee? Yeah, that's 60. Yeah. It's not 20. Mm-hmm. It's 60. Yeah. But that Sean John Velour suit, boy. Oh man. boy! Well, I went. I went to. I, I went to the Bronx to get one. I get. The, I got the gray one in the Bronx. Man. Oh, you went to the BX to get it? <laughs> I ain't mad at I was, it. I was in the BX and I had to go get that Velour. He got oh, a. He got a Sean Juan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I had to be in there, New York to get. There that was one. no. There was no greater scene in the early two thousands that than being at a nightclub that had a dress code. And a brother would show up, and the yo, you can't get in. It's a three hundred dollars sweatsuit, right? yeah, fam. But it's a sweatsuit. Oh, Take yeah. your Sean John Velour sweatsuit. By the way, I'd get one today. Oh, for so sure. if anybody yeah. knows where you can cop one, Hell yeah. yo, hit the DMs. My cousin was, my cousin was on a mission. I'd wear it today. A year ago to be like, yo, Velour's coming back. Yeah, and it kind of did. It's kind of. I see it. Yeah, it's out there. I see it. Yeah. I see it. I may or may not. That's hilarious. <laughs> Man, that Velour suit era was something, Ooh. wasn't it? Wasn't Ooh. it? What well, a sweatsuit, like the sweatsuit, like rewatch, like I it was like a six, seven months ago, maybe a little bit longer. I rewatched the wire. Oh, oh man! All that early two thousand. Oh, yeah, velour just, with the headband, just sweats, <laughs> just sweats dragging on the floor like the Yo. sweat jacket going down to the knees. <laughs> the Averex. Oh my giant leathers, <laughs> man! It was a crazy that, time. The giant throwbacks, <laughs> wild. I had like a whole shoebox full of assorted colors of headbands and wristbands <laughs> to accessorize every fucking outfit I had. It was a crazy time. It was excessive. Mm-hmm. That's why a lot of these brands, they didn't make it because it's just a time of just excess and everybody. Well, like, because I don't even think I had a Sean John Velour, but damn it, if I didn't have about 10 academic oh, Velours. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The academic, you know, I, I, as well. Man. <laughs> Man, it was a crazy time. So you know? who? So who? In your guys' mind, who who made it? Is it just Sean John, or did somebody else make it? When I well, talk I, about, I don't longevity. know that I'm gonna give Sean John but, a pass well, though. Yeah, but I feel like they got lost. They, they, they like, got lost. And that's what I'm like, saying. Like, did he so won because he got the company he back? Won. Like he got the comp. Like he sold it. Like I don't. I don't remember if it was bankruptcy or not. But he sold the company off. Did anybody make it then? I don't know if anybody made it from but, that era. No, I, I wouldn't say I don't. Honestly, I don't think anybody made it. I mean, mm. even the Mark Echoes, they didn't survive. Mm-hmm. You know, Pele Pele didn't make it. Pele Pele uh, didn't make it. You, you uh, made I, it well, directly. Baby Fat was. Baby Fat. Baby Fat might have been bigger than ones. Fat Farm. It was. Yeah, no, I believe it was. Yeah, baby Kimura, Fat might have been bigger than Fat Farm. Kimura yeah, did her thing with Baby Fat. Definitely, it was yeah. everywhere. Yeah, she knew what she was doing. Yeah, <laughs> she, I she mean, and like fashion though too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, Fat way. Farm, Fat Farm did all right. But yeah, you, like you said, Damien Russell did too much with it. You know, well, financially it didn't yeah, do all right though. No. Like it was cool. Like yeah. the gear was cool. Yeah. He just he just killed it because he he just like Russ throws Russ throws just like everything. It's yeah. like here, just take everything and he throws it. Like, let's do it. Yeah. And it's like, nah, let's not do that. Right. Like, let's 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 approach this like a little bit more. Right. Let's approach this a little more more, more strategically. Yeah. Nah, that's true. But so, but but it's hard to it's hard to it's hard to be mad at him when that's what he did 
you know, with 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 hip hop and with Run DMC and with the start of Def Jam, he took everything and he threw it. It's exactly what he did with Def Comedy Jam. Yeah, he took everything and he threw it. And the only moment he regretted it is when he when you, you know there's a there's a story that everyone is watching the live taping of Def Comedy Jam. Like this is the greatest thing we've ever seen, and then it hit air, and they're like, oh, all those jokes that felt like we're being told in private. <clears throat> it, it's out here in front of white people now <laughs> like yeah, it's yeah. it's it's out there now yeah. and it and it you know but obviously def jam was a massive massive success so it's it's hard to fault russell simmons for not deviating away from his strategy right. yeah but fat farm was the one where it and, it kind of bit him and, yeah. you, and you know what happened though for better or for worse because i mean we we see we see like legit collaborations nowadays but we're we're back to where we started, so to speak. You think so? Where there's, well, now we're everybody rocking Gucci. We'll see. Really. Okay, like we're not like we don't have we we're back to Dapper Dan. Not a shake, not a knock on Dapper Dan, Dapper Dan, but we're back to that. It's not the artist. The only one out there that I can think of off the top of my head is the Marathon. So that's okay. So that's an interesting point you bring up, Kenny, because when we talk about who survived. It's these same white brands. It's these mm -hmm. same high fashion luxury brands. It's the Louis, the Gucci's, it's Polo. They never went anywhere. Tommy Hilfiger's still out there. Tommy, yeah. they never went anywhere. They Tommy survived even when we stopped dealing mm -hmm. with Tommy, right. when he was allegedly racist or whatever. That wasn't him, by the way. That story's not real. Yeah, I know it's that like story an urban legend. Real. Yeah. But it's a, that part, I think, is a sad truth in the history, but hindsight is 2020 because now i don't think it's just i don't think we've come full circle i actually think the way fashion has evolved has led us to a place now where we have the marathon but we also have these capsule collections from different artists mm. right so nas puts out an album he puts out king's disease he does a capsule based on King's disease mm -hmm. and, you know, numbers might go crazy, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or Currency with his Jet Life brand, he puts out an album, does a merch drop, mm. he does a quick, you mm. know, who knows, two, three million maybe yeah. off of merch. Yeah. We don't know. But I think now everything is more, it's, it's, it's gotten to a place where the barriers of entry are eviscerated in terms of who can do what, mm. you know, never before would I have been able to create my own brand in the way that I can do now mm. without having to go through all the struggles that, you know, the Damon Johns and, you know, right. these guys went through the Carl Canaz, like it would have been so far out of reach now that, you know, we can do a D-Lo and Casey brand, you know, and y'all could do a, Whatever capsule, whatever, yeah. you know, yeah. is going on, you know, at the time. It's like, I think that's cool. I think it's, I think it's cool because, you know, trends, you know, eventually fade. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a part of the reason why so many hip hop brands died off because they were really trend heavy. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think there was too much timeless pieces created or just a timeless aesthetic to where it would have transcended you know decades you know i hope somebody can do it i hope you know the jerry lorenzo's or you know 
you know, recipes Virgil, but I feel like there are there there's still potential for that. Yeah. But unfortunately, we just haven't found that formula yet. And you know, as 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 much of a problem as I have with a lot of his antics, Kanye was spitting some inconvenient truths about you know it ain't Ralph. Mm. You know, the the deeper meaning behind that is as influential as we are as black and brown people are mm-hmm. to fashion and to the success of all these big brands, we really don't have our own, truly our own like fashion house, mm-hmm. our own cemented brand that is of the stature of, you know, these big luxury brands. And well, we, to what Sway was like, I understood what Kanye was saying, but what, and you would know Sway saying, well, you're Kanye West. Exactly. Like, build your own. Build, build your, your own, own. table. Like, I fully Kanye agree with West. that, too. You know, and, it, and it's different being, I don't want to say or any rapper's name because I ain't trying to disparage nobody, but just, you know, kind of well-known rapper trying to start something compared to Kanye West. Yeah. To start. Like, you, you've got it. You've got everything you need to be Ralph. Right. To be on that level. Right. And... Even at the time, Kanye West couldn't even see that. Right. It makes me wonder how much looking back and labeling, you know, I think it's eye opening to talk about all of those brands that were so big 20 years ago that aren't around anymore. And you wonder Kanye kind of being a one of one in that situation. You wonder how many artists like learned from that. Like, okay, maybe that's not the direction to go. Because when you look around now, what is not every, but a whole lot of artists have dipped their toe in a different uh, 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 industry. Spirits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rose. Yeah. Rick, Rick, Rick Ross. Uh, uh, Jay. E-40. 50. 40. Snoop. Like you can run down a long list of guys who maybe 20 years ago would have done the clothing line. Right. Are now all of a sudden doing wines and cognacs right. and 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 rums and gins and champagnes and it's kind of the the evolution of of hip hop and is it, it's it's hard to believe alcohol is going to die you know what i mean like hypnotic was a hot thing at the time fubu was but that's not really around you know it's it's around, it's around but it's but not, it's not really popular. a thing yeah. Yeah. yeah so at some point this stuff isn't going to be as 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 popular as right. it was um but it, it's it's just interesting to see uh, how you don't really see those those big name artists tied to clothing lines anymore. You see them tied to other things. Yeah, because the clothing line game, as we just as we just illustrated through, you know, startups like Carl Kanai, uh, 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 massive brands like Fubu, Wu Wear, all of that. That's a tough game. Yeah, it is. That's a tough game because styles change, and if yeah. you're not in tune with 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 style, you're always. I think we're always in tune with our style. Mm-hmm. And the style of the streets may be different. The, the 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 style of the times might be different, but it takes a unique person to be able to adapt to that style. Yeah. And not only do you have to adapt, you have to do it in a way that you can sell it to other people. And that's tough. Yeah, it that's definitely tough. is. It, and then it's about infrastructure. It's about, you know, because trends do change, styles do change, but there are some some things that are just staples yeah. some things that never go away so you yeah. think about a polo uh ralph loren and how he's been able to last what 50 60 however long mm-hmm. however many years and polo being a huge huge 
hip hop staple fashion wise you know there's a whole gang of dudes in new york the low lifes who have like everything polo they would go in you know department stores and steal hella polo and you know pawn it off on the streets but just be polo down yeah. like you know what i'm saying yeah. like i mean when 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 big was rocking uh kooji mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like he could have been putting that energy into you know his own thing but it's tough but it's it hard. tough yeah but it's like fashion is never going away we're always going to be expressive through fashion it's just another form of expression and it's telling of who you are as an individual so this is why i say now is an interesting time because those same barriers that were in existence before we now have opportunities to do one-off collections Mm -hmm. and maybe i don't know maybe we're not supposed to and when I say we, I mean the coach. I mean our favorite rappers can do a do a merch line like a Larry June. He's got Midnight mm-hmm. Organic, but he only drops, you know, these different collections. Even my guy, Lanny Smith, with Actively mm-hmm. Black, who I think is a person who has a lot of potential to have staying power, you know, especially with the lane he's created, sort mm-hmm. of like the 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 what is it, the athleisure mm-hmm. kind of thing. But that black actively owned. black stuff is untouchable. Actively black is amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm you know, I'm I'm actually doing some stuff with him. Like mm. it's it's a long process that I've been going through, but I'm I'm you know, he was one of my early dope one supporters, mm. ironically. And he approached me about doing something. Your and logo's on actively black merch is it's over. I it's mean, like over, over. I mean, he's he's over been, over. He's, he's he's been a supporter, and he, we've been trying to rock. He, we've been trying to get together and do something for a minute. But in the time that he hit me initially till now, the growth that he's had mm-hmm. is incredible, and it gives me hope because I'm a fashion guy, but I wouldn't say like it's my main focus. Mm-hmm. Like my main focus is just visual arts, mm-hmm. so that's what I love, and that can be applied to several different mediums, yeah. but. For someone like a like a Lanny Smith, someone like a Jerry Lorenzo, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like there's still potential for a lasting brand, but it can't be built. It can't be built on trends. It's got to be built mm-hmm. on something because athleisure ain't never going nowhere. Yeah. A sweatsuit ain't going nowhere. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And if you can, you know, put our flair on it and our spin on it and yeah. make it appealing to us. And I don't think either of those brands are built on trends. I actually think those brands are creating trends. Exactly. And that's what has to happen. We have to have the foresight to create the trends, not follow. Like fear of God. When I got my first like essential, it was like, okay, this is an adjustment. Right. This is like like nothing else. The sweat, like, like the sweatshirt fits perfectly. Yeah. But it's really big. Yeah. Like it's cut to fit you perfectly. Yeah. But it's it's really big. big. The shorts ride, you know, they ride loose, but they ride high. And it's like, okay, it's dope. This is an adjustment, though. Like, this is different. And that's that's trendset. Yeah, that's that's what they do. Uh, Absolutely. Before we get out of here, you guys got a favorite brand? Obviously, mine is Sean John. (laughs) Sean John, my favorite one to come out. Yeah, it's probably. I like to wear a lot. I like, I I don't think it had anything to do with like the untimely death. I love the marathon because the concept behind the marathon was something that at least I could relate to. I feel like everybody could relate to. Like I'm on this marathon. I think yeah. those that knew loved it, but marathon exploded after he passed after away. He died, yeah. Sure. yeah. Like, crazy. because and only, only for, only for no other reason. than I think more people were exposed to it. It was yeah. like, what's this? Oh, 
oh, I need to get, I need to get up on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Crenshaw shirt was dope. Yeah, Both of them. oh, it's, yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. I hope Marathon yeah. sticks around for a while. I hope that doesn't. I hope they don't, you know, oversaturate Man. that. Yeah, but I feel like there's potential too. I feel like their model the right keeps hands. it keeps it from oversaturating. I hope so. I hope so. They, I hope they, they, keep they it, still keep it pretty simple. Keep, but they should keep it limited too, because I find like yeah. when it's limited collection, it creates more demand. Yeah. Well, and damn, that all money in shirt is never going down. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, well, that's all a, money in shirt. That thing ain't never yeah, on sale. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that that yeah. that's that's yeah. kind of what essentials is, right? right? Like essentials, like if you you if you don't get the email for the drop, right. You know, you it's, it. it's available in more places now. But if you don't get the email for the drop, go ahead. Try to get on after work. You ain't going to get it. Your size ain't going to be. You better get XXXXL. Yeah. Because that's that's all that's going to be left. What's your favorite brand, Damien? Right now? No, I mean, just over, oh. like just hip hop brand, fashion brand. It's ever. probably Sean John. Sean John? Yeah. I think I, I had a pair of Sean John jeans for like 12 years. Like, I just refused to get rid of them. Yeah. And it was like, okay, this does not work anymore. <laughs> like, these, these <laughs> gotta, gotta they're go my favorite. The these, they, 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 I still got a Sean John belt, I think, tucked away somewhere <laughs> that I that I refuse to part with. But it's, it's probably yeah. Sean John. Dude, I With have... the big buckle and <laughs> yeah. the. I had so much. Sean Everybody's John. rocking that big, big, you know, interlock G. I had yeah. the big buckle with the, SJ, with the Sean yeah, John SJ, logo yeah. on it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just thinking about my closet back in the day, man. So much Sean John, so much FUBU. But my favorite brand is something we, some a brand we mentioned, hmm. LRG. Oh, okay. wow. Yeah. Okay. I love some LRG. Okay. And I think a part of my creating the dope ones was trying to capture some of that LRG essence. Because mm. I felt like that was just different. And they had a, like a lot of... A lot of the visual styles that I use, LRG had like collages, whatnot, but I say that's my favorite. So as we wrap up, um, we, we we wrap up the story on Wu Wear and hip hop fashion. I'm, I want to throw back to, to where we kind of ended with Sean John and we'll make this quick. I, it's, it's, it's a question as I was just kind of listening to some stuff over the weekend. Uh, this is just a throwback to, to last week's episode. Okay. No way out. You know, talking Sean John, talking Diddy. Mm-hmm. How much of no way out do you think was life after death? Mm. How many of like, like, like how many of the, do you think been around the world was recorded for life after death, but got held off? Do you think victory was recorded for life after death, but got held off? I think it was one of those things that I don't know if they were made for no way out, but it was just made all in a certain time. It's almost like um, 50 talks about the documentary, the games album. Mm-hmm. He's like 50 wrote, he said he wrote like five, six songs on it. It wasn't made for Get Rich or Die Trying, but they were made in that same time. That and time it was period. like, here, put them on this album. Yeah, no, I think that's more so what it was. That that Trinidad trip that I mentioned, mm-hmm. that Diddy took. Yeah. It could have been. A lot of them tracks could have been. Because when Victor, like when Victory came on, I was I was like, mm. it could fit perfectly. Mm. And yeah, and that's what I'm talking about. The mm. synergy yeah. of the album. Yeah. Victory and all about the Benjamins are like, whew, yeah, man, they must have just been on one that that yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> that time because because like man. that that to me like you could insert that between um I think it's somebody's got to die and hypnotize or it something or between hypnotize like that song fits the album it perfectly fit perfectly and Big uh-huh. drops the best line in that too. The Jordan Jackson Tyson line. Oh yeah, Radio. iconic. Tyson, yeah, Jordan, iconic. Jackson yeah. action pack guns, ridiculous. Yeah, man. 
and I'm quick to bust if my ends you touch. Uh, hit the um, subscribe button uh, if you're watching on YouTube. Even if you're listening uh, in audio form, uh, make sure you subscribe. Uh, leave a review uh, if you could. Share it on social media, uh, Instagram, Twitter. You see the reels popping up on IG that Don worked so hard to make, man. Share those across your platform. It would really help uh, this podcast grow as we celebrate 50 years of hip-hop on Corners of the Culture. And we'll see you next week. Ooh.